Howdy, Mountaineers. Cheaper by the dozen, more like better by the dozen, because you're listening to episode 12 of The Girls Who Get It. I'm Kaylee Riccatelli, and Sydney Wentz is back with me this week, returning from a trip to the CMAs, which she'll be talking about a little bit later. But first, women's college hoops are already off to a roaring start, so we'll catch you up on that right now. Tipping off with our very own Mountaineer women's basketball team, who secured WVU Athletics' only win this weekend, Mm. beating the Pittsburgh Panthers 71-62 up in Pitt. Now, if you miss the intense shutdown defense of the Press Virginia era in men's basketball, this women's team might just be the perfect remedy for that. On Saturday, the basketball Barbies forced the Panthers into 18 turnovers, with 12 of those coming from pit guard Marley Washinitz, which is the most turnovers from a single opposing player against the Mountaineers since 1992, which is crazy and amazing for them. Kaya Watson, a redshirt junior, notched her second career double-double, recording 19 points and 12 rebounds, along with two assists, two blocks, and a steal. Fifth-year guard Lauren Fields led WVU in scoring against Pitt with 23 points. They played so well. There was a little bit of a there was a back and forth with the leads for the entire game, but they pulled through with a really big scoring run right at the end that got us the win. And honestly, I can't wait to see. I always say, I say this about like literally every team. I can't wait to see what their season pans out to. But like, I have a really good feeling about this with like a new head coach and kind of like a fresh start almost. And they're starting off really well. Now, zooming out to some other girls who are balling out this year in college basketball. Iowa's Caitlin Clark just became the school's all-time leading scorer in the Hawkeyes game against the University of Northern Iowa on Sunday, November 12th. In that same game, she also joined former Oregon Duck and former WNBA star Sabrina Ionescu. Who I love. I love her so much. As the only D1 players to have a triple-double game in four different seasons. Caitlin Clark is just insane. Like... I don't think we're going to see another player like her for a while. I mean, I know they're saying the same thing about Ionescu, and then here comes Caitlin Clark. But, like, she's fantastic. And then the University of Southern California also has a couple players to keep an eye on this season, the first of them being true freshman Juju Watkins, who is a guard for the Trojans, she threw up 35 points along with nine rebounds and six steals in USC's game against LeMoyne on November 13th. That, along with her 32-point performance against Ohio State on November 6th, makes her the first D1 freshman in the last 25 seasons to pull out multiple 30-plus point games within her first three career games. So that's a very long sentence to say she has played three games her entire career in college and in two of those she has scored more than 30 points and she is the first freshman to do that in the last 25 seasons so she is crazy it has has to be something with the name juju right because which I can't 
I'm not a Steelers fan, so I can't remember if he's still G- there. Juju Smith-Schuster? No, he is not still with the Steelers. I didn't think he was. I was thinking he left. But if you want your kid to be an athlete, name them Juju, apparently, because she's slaying. And I think her Instagram handle is like Juju Ballin, and they said, oh, she's proving it. She's proving it. But another USC player to keep an eye on is redshirt freshman Aaliyah Gales, a top recruit out of Las Vegas who recorded her first stats for the Trojans in the Lemoyne game. Her stat line included one offensive rebound, two assists, and one steal, but there was a lot of work that went into those stats. I'm going to put a little uh, trigger content warning for gun violence here in this story. Um, If that's something you don't want to listen to, Skip ahead a few minutes and then tune back in. But in April 2022, the day after she played in the Jordan Brand Classic, Gales attended a party in Las Vegas with her then-girlfriend. At the party, two still-unidentified male assailants walked into the party wearing ski masks that covered everything but their eyes. After one bumped into Gales's girlfriend, the other punched the girlfriend and then shot Gales when she tried to intervene. Doctors were unsure of how many times she was shot, but based on the 18 bullet holes they found in her body, they guessed she was hit about nine times. She had broken bones in every appendage, her left forearm and wrist, her right arm above the elbow, her right thigh bone, right shin, and right ankle, and then her left shin. She also had a ripped artery behind her left knee, making her body unable to send blood to her lower leg, fearing that amputation was the only option. And um, these broken bones weren't like your typical broken bones. Because they were caused by bullets, they were shattered. So this wasn't like a straight line fracture that could just be fixed with a set and a cast. Now, USC head coach Lindsey Gottlieb was there for Gales from the beginning. She had not yet signed a letter of intent, but Gottlieb and the, the Trojans had every intention of getting her there. As soon as Gales was able to pick up a pen and sign her name, she signed off on her intent to play for USC. Um, one little quip that she had added in a story that ESPN wrote was that she loved the movie Love and Basketball when she was little, and the main character in that movie played for USC. So that was one of the many reasons she wanted to play for them aside from being from Las Vegas and kind of being close to there anyway. Now, after two months of rehab to walk again and then three more to even enter the gym, Gail spent her first season at USC working with trainers to get her strength back to function properly. And this season, she's back on the court checking into her first game for the Trojans 574 days after she was shot. So that's insane. Just that's a miracle. Just over a year. Like it's literally a miracle. I became a USC basketball fan in the last three minutes of my life. I will 100% be watching the USC women's basketball team rooting for them the whole way. I just know. for that girl. That's Mountaineers insane. first. Mountaineers first, but Trojans are coming in a very close second for that's, me. That's so crazy. Good. F- not even just good for her. Like incredible for her. Literally inspiring. Like, so a day is 306. So that's. A year plus 200 days. So that's just a little over a year and a half. And Mm -hmm. she's playing basketball again after shattering bones in every appendage. And then there are obviously some other storylines to follow. Like uh, reigning champions LSU have been off to a rocky start. Because, I mean, they still have Angel Reese and everybody who backed her. And then they signed um, Haley Van Lith from Louisville, who transferred to LSU over the summer or over the offseason. 
And they still, they lost to Colorado in one of their first games. But Colorado Athletics is also, like, weirdly... They're having a comeback era right now. They are, which their football team is starting to fall off a little bit, but their women's basketball team beat LSU. I'm still going to root for Deion Sanders all the way. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't sleep on Deion. Oh, never. Neon Deion, baby. But, so, that's kind of your little, very, very, very small preview into women's basketball because I have a feeling this uh, women's college basketball season is going to have... A lot of drama, a lot of underdogs, a lot of upsets. Obviously, I'm going to be watching USC for Juju and Aaliyah. We will 100% be filling out March Madness brackets on the show. Oh, my gosh. 100%. Absolutely should do that. Tune in for that. Okay, but another story that came up, Sydney, you went to the CMAs last week. This one isn't really a sports story, but... It is a women's story. So tell us a it's, little bit about... It's something that's really cool for me and it's something that's really important to me. For those of you who know me or even don't, I country music is my one true love of my life and it's my favorite thing in the world. I'll blab about it for hours. Kaylee's going to let me blab about it for like the next five, ten minutes. Um, but I really, really firstly, first and foremost, need to shout out uh, DJ Trumbull out of 93.1 Coast Country in Daytona Beach, Florida, who gave me the opportunity to attend the CMAs and work for their station for a weekend. It was the most surreal, quickest, longest days, but with the most amazing and wonderful and lovely experiences. And I am so firstly grateful for that opportunity and secondly excited for what is to come but I did get to spend the latter half of last week I got back like a week from tomorrow in Nashville and I got to watch when I returned to good old Morgantown on my TV Lainey Wilson become the first woman since 2011 when Miss Taylor Swift did it to win entertainer of the year there's a lot to this, so I want to get into it, like, very diving into, like, the first stats and then just, like, talking about why this is important and why it's really, really cool. Lainey Wilson was nominated for nine CMAs this year. She won five of them, including being the first female entertainer of the year since 2011. The last female entertainer of the year was Taylor Swift, and there have been eight women since 1967 to win the award. She's joined in some pretty big ranks. she got Taylor Swift, Loretta Lynn, Icon. Dolly Parton, Barbara Mandrell, Reba McIntyre, Shania Twain, and the Chicks. Ba, ba, da, 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 da. You're joining some ranks joining that list. <laughs> um, I absolutely love Lainey Wilson. I have followed her star and her journey from the beginning, and I think she is the definition of country music and what that community can do for artists and build them up so quickly. Um, I truly do think she is such a cool and good role model for people. And I want to share her female vocalist of the year speech. I think it's a really, really cool thing. And I've been saying this to myself since I heard it. And I, it's, it's honestly, it's like been a good thing. She shared her affirmation that she says to herself every day when she gets up. She says, I am beautiful. I am smart. I'm godly. I'm fearless. If somebody tells me I can't do it, hold my beer. Watch this. She did mention they're going to be making hold my beer t-shirts. And I'm really, really excited to buy a Slay. hold my beer t-shirt. Really, really excited for that. Okay. Something more to mention on her being Entertainer of the Year is oftentimes the full factor of Entertainer of the Year. There's some factors that go into it. You have to release an album. 
you have to headline a tour or and slash or you break some pretty major radio or like metal like gold platinum etc records Lainey has had a ton of success in country radio her album is amazing but she did not headline a tour this year she's headlining a tour this coming year She's going on tour with uh, some lovely gentlemen by the names of Ian Munsick and Jackson Dean, who I love very much. But she opened for Luke Combs. She said in her speech that they played about 186 shows at the end of the year. Just 186 shows. That's only like, what, half the freaking year? Absolutely insane. But the important thing about this is she not only beat out Luke Combs, who was going for a three-peat on the entertain on Entertainer of the Year, she opened for Luke Combs on tour. She beat the man she opened for. That's insane. Do you know how cool that is? That's... Do you know how ridiculous that is? Also, do you know how good of a performer you have to be to beat someone as an opener? Oh, she's so cool. And I asked our boss if we could swear so I could say this boss ass bitch move if you ask me (laughs) like absolutely insane so if we haven't kind of laid into the point we're going to continue it because this is something I've wanted to talk about on a podcast in general for a while is have you ever heard of tomato gate Kaylee no but when I was I read the script and that was the first time i'd heard about it i was like okay. there's no way this guy actually on oh, air yeah. yep. on the air so on air in may of 2015 a radio consultant whose name i didn't even put in the script because i don't feel like mentioning it because i don't think he deserves the attention made some very sexist and downtrodden comments about playing two songs by women back to back on the radio he described women as the tomatoes of the salad and the men were the lettuce I would also like to just add in here for some context that the men described by him on air as the lettuce were Luke Bryan and Keith Urban. Uh, Luke Bryan hosted this year, and Keith Urban actually was the person who presented Lainey Wilson with her Entertainer of the Year award. Slay. Yeah, slay. I digress. Obviously, his comments were met with a lot of scrutiny and backlash, but these women of the industry did what they do best, and they turned it into something positive for themselves. Martina McBride still sells Tomato Gate t-shirts. Like, this is a very known thing in country music. It's very, very important that we remember things like this. And I literally said this because it's like the, I appreciated doing my research on this because it made me think of the line in the Barbie movie where Ruth tells Barbie, mothers stand still so their daughters can look back and see how far we've come. In eight years, we went from having men saying women cannot have their songs played back to back on country radio to a woman beating the man she opened for on tour for Entertainer of the Year at the CMAs. Like, we're making those strides, and I think they're important in every industry. We're making them in sports. We're making them in entertainment. And this part of the entertainment industry is so male-dominated that I'm proud to be a young woman going into it because I want to make those changes and I want to make that history. And I'm excited to see things like this and it's what gets me really like riled up and makes me really excited and really happy because you wouldn't think of something like this because, I mean, it sounds horrible. Taylor Swift's been around for 17 years, but Taylor Swift left country in 2011. Yeah. Like, she was the last big search, clearly. She was the last big surge of women in country music. And she obviously had a lot of 
trailblazers behind her and Lainey said it once again in her female vocalist of the year speech is she like women have been blazing trails for years and they're just getting started like it should not be surprising that women are blazing trails but it still is and I just think that she had a lot of really great things to say I think there's an obvious point to her being a really really good role model for uh, a lot of young women and young girls but yeah but I mean this was just a really awesome experience I was really really glad that I uh, got to talk about this I think it's important I think it's important to recognize the strides that women are making in, like across industries and sports in the entertainment industry are the two big platforms that we have to showcase women doing really awesome things and I think it's like the foreground for this but I mean awesome. women are doing great stuff every day that's awesome now okay can I take this a minute to um discuss the logistics of a salad because I'm sorry but if you think lettuce is the best part of a salad you have completely missed the point <laughs> Because I love that we're leaning into the analogy. No, 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 no. <laughs> because he, he really just like screwed himself on that because I mean, lettuce is the base of a salad and sure you can't have a salad without lettuce, but like it's so flavorless. It serves to supplement the better parts of a salad, like the croutons or the carrots or the tomatoes. I'm not a big tomato girl. Like I, I don't personally like tomatoes all that much. But, like, they are one of the most flavorful things in a salad. And they, like, they add that little pop and that little, like, squish. That, like, texture differences and flavor differences. And it's, if you like tomatoes, tomatoes are probably the best part of a salad. I mean, b besides the ranch and the croutons. Because, I mean, that's the best part of a salad anywhere. But, like, huh? Why was he, why was his choice there? To go with, yeah, men are the lettuce. Oh, so they're the most bland, supplementary part of a salad that lets other things, you know, shine a little mm -hmm. more? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Think about what you're saying, sir. Sorry. But... <laughs> I'm I'm glad you under, I'm glad you understood the analogy and I'm glad you reject the analogy. Yeah, I don't I don't reject the analogy the analogy. I'm just saying there's more meanings to it than what he meant and that he completely missed the point. Glad we, glad we got your insight on that. I'm going to cut myself off cuz I could literally do an entire podcast about why I love country music and the music industry in general and we're going to hand it back over to Kaylee to talk about what you're actually here for, which is our lovely Lovelies in some quotation marks. You Mountaineers. know, Sydney, I, you really don't have to stop talking about country music because the longer you talk about country music is the longer I don't have to talk about our Mountaineer sports from this weekend. Do we need Do we need to pour one out? I think we need to pour one Okay. You go ahead. So, the WVU volleyball team unfortunately dropped two matches against Texas Tech out in Lubbock. Losing 0-3 on Thursday, but taking two sets and only losing 2-3 to on Friday. Now their next match is down in Waco, Texas against the Baylor Bears on Saturday, Saturday November 18th at 3 p.m. And then they return to the Coliseum for their last home game of the season on Wednesday, November 22nd at 6 p.m. That will serve as their senior night. So if you're in town over break, have nothing to do on a Wednesday... 
go head out and watch the women's volleyball team for the last time in Morgantown, the last time some of these players get to play here, which is so sad. <laughs> now, the Mountaineer women's basketball team that we talked about at the top of the show is All also I do returning. Is win, 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 no matter what. I was going to say, we'll put, we'll put poor one out on pause for a second because. Poor one out's on pause. They're balling. The Mountaineer women's basketball team is also returning to the Coliseum soon, playing Youngstown State on Sunday, November 19th at 4 p.m. Another game over break if you just so happen to be hanging out over the weekend after the WVU-Cincinnati game on Saturday, um, which will be coming off of a devastating loss against the Oklahoma Sooners. In the arms of Jimbo. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> because okay. the Mountaineers let's do this. The Mountaineers lost out in Norman, Oklahoma. Um no wait, how does that go? What's the what's the that's getting high out in Austin drunk in Tennessee? What where when does Zach Bryan say Norman in a song? Oh my gosh, it's in Oklahoma City. Oh my gosh, I can't remember. Getting drunk. No, he says it. No, he says. Oh my gosh. She landed in Tulsa when she slipped away. We're going to literally sit here and sing Zach Bryan lyrics until we figure it out. Weed out Norman the Stillwater Strip. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Run far enough, boy, and you're bound to trip. That's what it is. Sorry. Okay, that is no Columbus today. But I feel like, isn't that in Fear and Fridays? Uh-uh. No, no, no. It was a, I, I knew it was I don't know song. my stuff. But anyway, we went back to the country music thing for a second. But we lost out in Norman. Lost out in Norman. Lost in Stillwater, too. Actually, we didn't even play in Stillwater. Oklahoma State was here, and we still lost. But anyway, <laughs> we lost 20 to 59. <laughs> emotional roller coasters like i said the most toxic relationship i've ever been in is with wvu football literally because like i said i was window shopping for new climbing gear last week i smashed the window this week i was about to say you throw a rock through the window (laughs) yeah yeah because why did we why how do we score off the first drive of the game I think at one point for comedic relief on the DA's TikTok, Kaylee and I need to, obviously with blurring some like personal information sent in between, like send our texts <laughs> that we send to each other during WVU sporting events because they're really funny. It's a lot of all capital letters. We have a lot of very silent FaceTime calls where we just sit there and kind of like sputter no, for that, 15 minutes. That FaceTime call, or that I forget if we FaceTimed or just phone called after it was, the Houston it was, game. We FaceTimed after the Houston game and we just both sat there and just like s- didn't speak. We yeah. just needed to emotionally support each other. But the WVU football team lost 20 to 59 out in Norman this weekend. I I I actually had a much more pressing matter that came up part of the way through this. So I was watching the fo- the game on my phone and then um, turned it off part of the way through the third quarter because I was like, this is not even entertaining anymore. So no, we I missed we missed the fight. I know. I, I, I my friend and I were watching it while we were getting ready to go out and then we were out and all of a sudden everyone in the party is like passing their phones around and they're like, we, 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 we missed a fight. And I was like. I could watch hockey just to watch them hit each other. I love 
I shouldn't be condoning violence. We don't condone violence, but I also low-key condone violence. I'm so sorry. Honestly, at that point, I would just be yelling scoreboard. Like, what's the point in scoreboard. fighting when you're down almost almost 40 points? Because that, that was towards the end of the game, yeah? yeah? So that would be around the time they were up 59 to 20. I forget when their last score was. But they were one point away from a 40-point lead. Pardon me. That's nothing to get in a fight over. Absolutely. Do do we want to talk about what happened the the day after our game? Oh, Jimbo Fisher. That's why we started talking about WB yeah, football. Yeah. So Jimbo Fisher uh, of Clarksburg. Yes. So Jimbo Fisher, um, West Virginia native, now former Texas A and M football coach, uh, was fired by A and M on Sunday. Um. He is from Clarksburg, West Virginia, which is 40 minutes away from Morgantown. Like, that was my commute over the summer because I worked for WDTV um, part-time as a reporter. And they're, they're in Bridgeport. Bridgeport is like 10 minutes down the road from Clarksburg. So Jimbo Fisher's from Clarksburg. And I was talking to um, my parents, I think, on Sunday. I told my dad, I was like, did you see that, like... Fisher got fired I was like people are talking about him coming to WVU and he said yeah he was like Fisher has been in talks for WVU head coach since we got Holgerson like when we hired Dana everyone wanted Jimbo Fisher and right now I think the people I think the people on Twitter that were putting GoFundMes together for Neil's buyout are uh, getting real real psyched right now well because right now uh I think Fisher and Neil Brown have about the same record over the last two seasons, but Fisher is also in the SEC, which is arguably, I don't even know if it's arguably, it's almost factually the most difficult. My parking just ran out. We're, we're <laughs> watching, we're watching the like desperate run of but, Kaylee's parking running out as we're recording. <laughs> but um, the SEC is arguably the... Most difficult conference in college football in because football. they have Alabama, Georgia, like the best football schools in the country. And uh, is, is Auburn SEC? Okay, maybe I was flipping Auburn and Clemson because I knew they Okay, never mind. I'm so sorry. They're both orange and they're both the Tigers. <laughs> they now have Oklahoma and Texas after this season. They can have them. Yeah. So S- the SEC is only going to get more difficult, but if he managed – a same or similar record as Neil Brown in a much tougher conference. Imagine what kind of a time he's going to have in the Big 12 when, I mean, the teams really aren't that good anymore. He has won a national championship. Yeah. Yeah. So. Jimbo, if Jimbo, call Jimbo, us. Jimbo, please, Jimbo, Jimbo, call please, us. Please, please. Also, Mr. Garrett Green, you let me down, brother. I gave you a chance. We're officially beefing. I'm announcing my beef with Garrett Green today. <laughs> this is my, consider this my formal announcement. You, you, you had me on your side for about 15 minutes, brother. I we mean, are officially beefing. That game was, you can't, you can't even blame it all on one side. Well, actually, no, you, you can blame the offense because they couldn't stay on the field for more than five minutes. So our defense was hardly getting any rest. So they were slacking off a little bit. The only, I mean, he made several mistakes, but the there was one mistake that I, f- I saw that he ran right when there was a, he, it was, he was running into a touchdown. He ran right into a huge crowd of people when if he had just gone 
left, there was a huge gap. Like it was clear to the end zone and it was like a yard or two, which I also am not a football player. So maybe right was the correct way to go. But uh, I was just saying bro had a gap to get through and he didn't take it. But also I keep hitting this thing. That's you're, pro- you're, I'm beefing with Garrett Green. You're beefing with your mic stand. Yeah. But also that's pro- that might be a very hard thing to see when you're actually on the football field. I'm not going to claim to know anything there. But I'm just saying he had a you know, you the they got what well, here's the thing. They got one more chance. Two more Should, chances. Two more chances. Two to more chances. I forgot we play. See, here's the thing is I wish we were playing Baylor at home and that's only because my mom came to the Baylor game last year. We were severe severe underdogs and we we got a pretty sweet win that game. Yeah, see, I don't think we're underdogs against Baylor this year cuz Baylor <laughs> Baylor and Cincinnati against us are going to be like the battle of mid like as mid, mid as mid can get. Mid, it is called the Midwest because everything in it is mid. Skyline chili, mid. I, I have actually never had skyline chili. Skyline chili is good. I'm from Ohio. That's I mean, just the TikTok audio. You don't need to sleep on it. Like I've never it's had good. skyline chili. I just know um, that's the TikTok audio. Yeah, with their. They lost in Oklahoma. They play Saturday, November 18th at Milan Pushkar for a senior day at 2:30 p.m. We got the afternoon game because both WVU. And Cincinnati are just incredibly mid right now. And then our last game will be over Thanksgiving break. November 25th in Waco against Baylor. I'm going to assume that's also going to be an afternoon game. And then our WVU soccer team played Marshall down in Huntington for the Sun Belt Championship game. And I need to um, I need to tell a little story time for this. So I have a cousin who goes to Marshall. Um... And when WVU soccer beat Marshall soccer in the regular season, because she also really likes soccer, I texted her and I said, how does that L taste? And she disliked the message. So I know she got it. She just didn't want to respond to it. And then um, the and then over the weekend, because I was unable to watch the soccer game, but I was kind of following the score. And then I put it down for about an hour. I get a message from that cousin that just says, in all caps, How does it taste? And I said, Shut up. So that is how I found out that the Mountaineers lost the Sunbelt Championship game to the Marshall Thundering Herd. So the Mountaineers lost 3-2 to two against the Thundering, tur- Thundering Herd. Oopsie. Crazy, crazy little misspeak there my bad and then they will play either Louisville or Dayton on Sunday November 19th in the NCAA tournament at Dick Delesk at 2 p.m. so we have so many good games over break that I'm actually so mad about that I can't go to because I'm gonna be home all break I'm chillaxing to the max and you know what I'm saying but, um, and then last but not least, our WVU basketball team who lost to Monmouth on Friday, November 10th at the WVU Coliseum. Um, and then they play Jacksonville State tonight, actually. Sorry, at the time of recording, it's tonight. By the time this comes out, it will have already happened. But they are playing Jacksonville State November 14th, 7 p.m. We'll see how that goes. This is honestly... 
I'm I'm take I'm taking it easy on the basketball team this year because everything they've been through in the off season, mm-hmm. everything that's happened right everything at the beginning that's of happening the season right now, and we're supposed to have a decision on Raekwon Battles waiver soon. The NCAA is yeah reviewing it. That'll be might be approving it, might be denying it. And this was another conversation I had with my dad because when I call my parents, the first like twenty minutes is me and my dad talking about sports, and then I update them on my own life. <laughs> so, um. But I was talking with my dad, and I was. He said we were supposed to hear about battles waiver soon. And I was like, "What do you think they're gonna do?" He was like, "I don't know." He was like, "But the NCAA has to be thinking about how this is gonna look on them if they deny it, because I mean they denied battles waiver once, and then after they denied it, a cook a cook had a medical emergency. Then they suspended Kirk Creesa for the stuff he did at Arizona. They've hardly done anything to Arizona. So then if they deny battles waiver after that like he's like he's like they might deny it but they will be doing so fully knowing how they're making themselves look like not just to wvu fans but everyone that will obviously be covered if it's not by us by our other sports coverage that we have here at the da and we will be closely following yeah yeah those things oh my gosh but anyway so after jacksonville state um the Mountaineers will go down to Fort Myers and play in the Fort Myers tip-off, playing uh, SMU on November 20th at 8.30 p.m. Uh, then, because this is a tournament, they'll play either Virginia or Wisconsin on November 22nd, the day before Thanksgiving, at either 6 or 8.30 p.m., and that'll really just depend on the outcome of the games before that. And then they return to the Coliseum November 26th, which is a Sunday. That should be the Sunday coming back from break at 5 p.m. in the Coliseum. So that should be our sports rundown for now. Hopefully, hopefully, please, please. This is it's like the it's like the TikTok sound. Please, 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 with a cherry on top. This is this is our it's so over. This is our It's So Over weekend. We need a We're So Back. We do need a We're So Back. Soon. Soon. I'm begging. Give us a We're So Back. I need a We're So Back. I can't do another poor one out. I don't think my little heart can handle it. We will have no... We are manifesting to our WVU sports No more teams. poor one outs. We will have no more poor one outs in the remaining two episodes of this semester. We're going to have a filler up, baby. <laughs> no, we're, we're not pouring any more out. We're, we're f- filling them up. We're toasting. We're clink. Cheers. But anyway, that has been episode 12 of The Girls Who Get It. You can continue listening to The Girls Who Get It uh, after break and beyond at the daonline.com slash podcasts or wherever you stream podcasts. I'm Kaylee Riccatelli, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks because The Girls Who Get It get it. Bye.